Hello, everyone, and welcome to Opera After Dark. Brahms, 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 we're talking about Robert and Clara Schumann, part dose, and the entrance into their life of a little man you might have heard of by the name of Johannes Brahms. He was short. Ooh. Oh, he was. But apparently he was a small extremely man. good looking. A really hot short man. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All these musicians are good looking, or at least the ones that we the talk about. The ones that about, we talk about are good. Because right. they get into scandal. <laughs> the good looking ones get into scandal. So before yes. we get into Brahms' sort of entrance into the world of the Schumanns, don't. <laughs> You're such a pervert. <laughs> um, Naomi, do you want to talk a little bit about just Brahms as a child? <laughs> Did you have a quote that you wanted to read? or I do. It doesn't make sense in context right now. Okay. But um, in 1855, Johannes Brahms wrote to the pianist Clara Schumann a naked cry of frustration, in which he said, I can do nothing but think of you. What have you done to me? Can't you remove the spell that you've cast over me? Very dramatic reading. Thank you. I like that. So with that, he was a dramatic man. He was. He was. What brought Brahms to the door of the Schumann's house? What did? So, well, we were just talking before we started recording about how when Brahms was younger, he came from like a sort of musical family. Okay. His... His father had also been like an amateur musician in his youth, so he had a little bit of music in his background. But as a young boy, Brahms was sent to live or entertain people. So when he was 13, the family needed money. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they sent Brahms, who was a talented pianist, um, to the sort of uh, waterfront establishments to play (laughs) piano and make money um and we were saying that these establishments were very popular with sailors so they were essentially um brothels brothels they were also bars restaurants dance halls but they were mainly um brothels he was a had a pretty delicate constitution as a child (laughs) (laughs) what does that even mean i don't know i do not know um <laughs> but he did say later in life that these experiences ruined women for him. Oh. Yes. He re- like literally became ad- addicted slash obsessed with prostitutes for Yikes. The majority of his adult oh, absolutely. life. So there's a story that one right. night he was pretty drunk and he broke up a party by branding all women with the word so sordid that nobody would repeat it. <gasps> To the friend delegated to sober him up in the park, Brahms said, You tell me I should have the same respect, the same exalted homage for women that you have. You expect that of a man cursed with a childhood like mine. Mm -hmm. So like you said, he relegated most of his sexual activity to prostitutes. He also joked constantly about lady musicians. One woman recalled watching him at a party, Mm. sort of stroking his mustache and leering at the girls as a greedy boy stares at jam tartlets. Jeez. So as you can probably guess, Brahms in his youth is a bit of a rough and tumble kind of guy, kind of but rough around the edges. I thought he had a mild, a weak constitution. He did, but apparently these experiences sort of 
toughened him up and made mm-hmm. him into the misogynist that he was. Right. Um, but amidst all of this, he starts playing piano and he starts composing and working on his talents and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, someone says to him, like, you should really, really, really meet the Schumanns. We, and so kind of he's in musical circles as a young composer and people keep saying to him that he felt like he and Robert Schumann would really, like that they said to Brahms, you would learn a lot from Robert Schumann. You really have to meet him. You really have to go to Leipzig. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do this, right? And so he, the story is that he just kind of like shows up at their house one day, knocks on their door, and I think he's like 19 years old at the time. And um, Schumann says like, oh, come in, come in, come in. He basically brings him to the piano in their salon or living room and says play something and then so Brahm sits down and he plays one of his own compositions and then Robert is so enamored and just in awe of this young composer's talent that he starts yelling Clara Clara you have to hear this you have to come here and so that's Clara comes into the room and that is like the epic moment that Brahms and Clara meet and just keep in mind that Brahms is like this stunning, hot, short (laughs) (laughs) 19-year-old, right? And Clara is nine years younger than Robert. Right. So she's closer in age, probably, to Brahms. And she was 14 years older than he was. Right. (laughs) Older than Brahms? Older than Brahms. Yeah. Yeah. But... Well, hey, little cougar action. But I, I still don't know if she... Reciprocated any of Well, we'll get into that later. So basically, at that point, Robert is like, You have to stay here and we're going to become friends (laughs) to Brahms, right? And so Brahms stays there for a month in their house Mm. and he describes it as the best month of his life. They go for long walks in the woods. They, Mm. you know, they play chess. He plays compositions for Robert Schumann. Schumann gives him feedback and, and, but interestingly, at the moment that Brahms kind of enters their life, um, Schumann himself is like on beginning a downward spiral mentally. Mm-hmm. And so he was in like the late stages of uh, syphilis affecting him, which was also a big part of his mental issues. Right. So he was put into an asylum and for the last year of his life, Clara was not allowed to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was distraught. And, and actually when she, sorry, when she, mm-hmm. um, Brahms ends up leaving the household, like he leaves the Schumanns to go continue traveling and that sort of thing. And then Schumann tries to throw himself into the river. He tries right. to commit suicide. And then Clara writes to Brahms and tells him this. And like Brahms is like, I've got it. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. And he like comes and stays with her. For two and a half years, he lives in their home while Robert is in the asylum. Whoa. Yeah, and he is like her person for this two and a half year period. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, come on. I mean. Well, during that time, he falls madly in love with her. He does. Yeah, and he writes about this and he talks about it. Um, do you have any quotes or things? I feel like I interrupted you mid thought. You did not. Well, I have one quote Sorry. where he he describes to a friend saying, I love her and I'm under her spell. I often have to restrain myself forcibly from just putting my arms around her. 
Jeez. Because so, she was married. She was married. Yeah, it's Robert, against, against the bro code. It is against really. the bro code because Brom, <laughs> the bro code, Brahms and Robert were, were very, very close. Robert would tell anybody that would listen that Brahms is sort of the, um, right. the coming savior of German music. He mm-hmm. taught him a lot. But in 1856, he died. Um and at that point, Brahms was there. Brahms had been there. He was spending all his time consoling her. He was taking mm-hmm. care of the children. Um, he was traveling with her traveling to the assi- her. asylum mm-hmm. to like try and get them to allow her to see Robert. Huh. Because the asylum wouldn't let her see him. Right. So after Robert died in 1856, technically Brahms and Clara were free to declare mutual passion for each other to marry if they want to. Gossip was circling for years and years about how they were having an illicit affair. Nobody knows if this actually was true. I mean, come on. Well, after Robert died, wait for it, the two of them went on a holiday to Switzerland to sort of sort everything out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We don't know what exactly happened. But we do. But, um... uh, Basically what it was is there was a parting of ways and Clara was like, thanks for being there for me. Here's, like, I'm going to Hamburg for this concert. Let me know if you need anything. Peace. Wait, I read something different. I read that Clara was, like, more or less invested. was like, come to Hamburg with me. And and then he was like, you know what? Peace out. Like, I'm going to go to Dresden or wherever it is that he's going next. And so... One account that I read said that Brahms was like taking stock of his life and he decided that he needed some him time, some me time separated from Clara. Oh, that's not what I read. See, this is interesting because scholars are super divided on what Mm. actually happened. You know what I think that's not founded in any kind of research? Yeah. (laughs) I think they went to Switzerland and somebody, whichever one of them it was, got what they wanted and then was like, eh, all right. (laughs) I don't know. And moved on. That is plausible. I I mean, um, one of Clara's daughters, uh, a girl named Eugenie, later said that she never really understood why Brahms was so ruthlessly turned away. After this happened, Clara took up her performing career with a vengeance. It was sort of her solace, mm-hmm. um, and she would tell Brahms that this was the very breath of my body. So even though they separated, they still kept in contact. Right, mm-hmm. and Brahms actually never married anybody. No, and he so, said if he couldn't marry Clara, he wouldn't marry anybody else. Yeah. Did Clara remarry? She did not. Did you do that back then? Was that a thing that people did? Of course yeah, I did. Yeah. I think because she was such a badass woman, she didn't need to, right? But for the rest of their lives, they maintained this sort of weird friendship, whatever you want to call it. They went on holidays together, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, but they never... Mm-hmm. Apparently, right. they were openly affectionate with one, with one another. Like, mm-hmm. they, they hugged and kissed, whatever that means, like pecks on the cheek, I'm not sure, all in right. public. But they, were not, they didn't live together again after right. that. And honestly, their relationship might never have been consummated. Um, in later years, Brahms told an acquaintance that he had never compromised a respectable woman, and for him, the definition of a respectable woman was Clara. Mm-hmm. He once described the aged Clara to a friend as virginal as ever. Yes. Which is weird because but she not, had yeah, she had a shit ton of kids. But you know. Right. But he did say, or there is one scholar says that once he broke it off with her after their Swiss adventure, mm-hmm. that he adopted this motto, Frei aber einsam. Uh, lonely but free. So, right. Right? And then apparently <laughs> when she died, they were not 
in the same city when Clara died, mm -hmm. but one of Clara's daughters sent Brahms a telegram, and it, the story is that he came and attended the funeral, but he was so distraught, like he could not pull himself together, that he just wept uncontrollably behind the funeral wreaths and like wouldn't let anyone see him. He just couldn't speak, he couldn't move, he was like so distraught about it. And then he told a friend, I have no one left to lose. And then 10 months later, he died. Hmm. So they say he followed her to the grave. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I'm inferring a lot of We are <laughs> inferring a lot of this. No one yes. knows for certain what happened. I will tell you that some years after they sort of separated, after Robert died, she had an affair with a, a man named Clara. Clara had an affair with a man named Theodore Kirchner, who was one of Brahms's best friends. Yeah. Oh. What, what, what? Did, do we know if Brahms knew about that? Apparently, I feel like he had to know. He didn't, though. As far as we know, he never knew. Wow. At one point, he wrote a letter to Clara saying that Kirshner was talking about killing himself, and Clara replied, never mind, he says that all the time. Right. Oh. But allegedly, he had no idea. He never had any idea. So we've talked so much about how much of a badass Clara is, that yep. she's this awesome composer mm -hmm. and pianist. Mm -hmm. Too bad we don't have any recordings of her playing the oh, piano. Oh, I know. That would be so great. That would mm -hmm. be awesome. So we'll listen. let's listen to something of Clara's, and maybe we'll notice some, some similarities between her and Robert. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Another little fun tidbit is that we talked about how Brahms was like this super hot guy in his younger years and he often kept himself very clean shaven and his hair very like well kept but in his older years he mm. did not keep himself so suave looking and he grew this massive beard that apparently Clara kept begging him to get rid of because she thought it was the most hideous thing mm -hmm. and he just refused like like no. Like it's staying. <laughs> so. 
they were friends, but there were some things he would not do for her. Apparently, like playing hard beard. to get. Maybe I feel I'll like this was after. Can't part a man from his facial hair. I guess not. Well, we haven't listened to any Brahms, Johannes Brahms. We haven't listened to any Johannes Brahms. I did perform in his Requiem once. Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm, beautiful. Should yeah. we find something from there? Is that too much okay. of a downer to do a Requiem? It's so beautiful, it doesn't even matter. Here's a favorite bit from the Requiem. So that is the story. That's that's the deal with Clara Wieck Schumann. Sure. No one knows exactly what happened. Um, I think they did it 
Kyle. I think they did it. Come yeah. on. I, I, I don't know, but I know. How do you live with someone for two and a half years, then go on this like romantic vacation in Switzerland to sort out your love? And, and not, not consummate that relationship. And you said that they went on several holidays together. Um, yeah, I mean, they, and they she had... she was, like, grieving her husband. A relationship in, in some way, shape, or form. Right. The rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of her life. I think Brahm saying, like, I didn't dishonor her. I mean, it's valid in saying that, like, they had some sort of relationship and it was not dishonorable in his eyes. So... It's like, the only thing I can think of that might have stopped them from consummating it is like, let's be real, syphilis was everywhere. Well, so, I mean, he's been all upon some prostitutes. Okay, fair enough. She right? might say, I'm not down with that game. Although if And maybe if he loved her enough had, not to... Not ex-husband, her late husband. Her late husband. She had it too. If he had it, she had it. I don't know. And on that note... How did Brahms die? I don't... I don't know. Of a broken heart. Of a broken heart ten he, months he later. And Clara Vick. <laughs> he, he followed Clara Vick to the clinic and, uh, <laughs> and, and shit went downhill True. from there. On that note. Yes. We should make some sort of plug for Dust website mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, com. Right. We'll, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We'd like to have little tidbits out there Full in shebang. the world about mm-hmm. all this stuff. That's right. So check it out, and as Naomi in, would say. Yeah. That's right. Tune in next week for the official 10th episode of Opera yeah. After Dark. Who knows what the topic will be. But we don't, we'll find but out. we'll find out all together. Yes. <laughs> Guten Nacht, everybody. Bye. Covered all the lovey-dovey bits, the romance. Who wants to intro this? Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody have any sound effects? Because clearly I don't. Nope. Dun dun dun. I'll do sound effects. Let me just get my stuff in order. Where's Mm -hmm. the Brahms letter? Brahms.
Okay, we're done with that. We're done with that. Brahms, 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 Brahms. Do you have anything Brahms, about how Brahms, 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 Brahms and Brahms, 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 Robert Brahms. ended up? Yeah. Okay. I know all about that. All right, then you you jump in with that. Yeah. Um. Actually, I have a quote that I want to start with. Okay. It's like in right in the middle of all this messy shit, and then we can go back because it's good. Okay. Do you want to start the episode with the quote before we do intro? Or is it, will it be weird out of context? Mm. I don't have to start with it. Okay. No, never mind. Screw that. You sure? Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. By the way, okay. my intention was never to be naked. I, don't, I <laughs> realize it's easy for me to. No, you sit know, here. I always think that everything we do in the moment is terrible. It's shit. <laughs> so then I go back shit. and listen to it. I'm like, oh, okay. No, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> By you way, are plagued with anxiety. Lovely. Thank you. I really need a haircut. This is very long. I think it's nice. It's very long. Okay, I can't figure out where the whole thing maybe it's in here. Sorry guys. Okay, I have these great quotes. <laughs> that should be her sound effect. <laughs> Can you do that? Hell yeah. Yeah. So if I do the intro, will you do mm -hmm. that sound effect? All right. Okay, I'll put this here. I have these quotes. I have this letter. Okay, that one's Did over. you know that when he was 13, his parents sent him to earn money by playing piano in waterfront establishments where his father had worked in his own youth? Oh, when yeah. I say waterfront establishments, I mean popular with sailors. When I say popular you with sailors, brothels. I mean brothels. brothels. <laughs> and when you say brothels, you mean whorehouses? I do mean whorehouses. <laughs> and apparently there's... Save well, it for the episode! Oh, we're recording! Oh. No, that wasn't... Okay, yeah. we'll do that again later. Okay.